Hi everyone, this is Kevin Smith. And Brian Belter. Today we continue our deep dive into Exodus. Uh, the Israelites are now free. We're going to hear a little bit about Pharaoh's attempts to maybe stop them one last time. Today we're going to be diving into Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, through chapter 14, verses 1 through 31. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth, and encamped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud, to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire, to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day, and the pillar of fire by night, did not depart from before the people." Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pihaharath, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal Zephon. You shall encamp facing it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say the people of Israel, They are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host." And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. And they said, What is this we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariots, and took his army with him, and took six hundred chosen chariots, and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel, while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, and camped at the sea, by Piharath, in front of Baal-Zephon. Then Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their ears, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up yourself and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the heart of the Egyptians, so that they shall go in after them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of the Lord, who 
was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night, without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided, and the people of Israel went into the mists of the sea on dry ground, and waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them and into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of the fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptians' forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavy. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled into it. The Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the water being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power of the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Thank you very much, Brian. So they're leaving Egypt. Yeah, they finally got the green light from Pharaoh. Um... After that tenth and final plague, the devastation of the the death of all the firstborn, Pharaoh says, "Go, take your flocks, take your people, get out of here." Um, so, you know, we we kind of jumped ahead just a little bit. Uh, we didn't go over the gathering of the people and the gathering of the treasures and and whatnot, but we jumped to the people actually leaving Egypt. The Israelites are on their way. Moses and Aaron take the group. And they lead them out to a camp uh, near the sea. Uh, and I guess they're encamped there for a little bit. I mean, enough time at least for, for Pharaoh and his people to, to change their minds. Right. And by way of the wilderness, too. I mean, I like that interesting tidbit about um, something I w- wouldn't have remembered until I heard you read it, about how they avoided the Philistines uh, because God foresaw there to be war there if they were to go by that route. And he didn't want to frighten his people back into Egypt immediately. Right. They so. They left Egypt prepared. For battle prepared for war it says but yeah i can imagine that if you're leaving even though you're leaving oppression and, and slavery that if the in the first couple days that you're out of that you're confronted by another group of war and possibly enslaved by them as well i mean hey that's gonna that's gonna kind of break your back and so you know they they take the long way around through the wilderness and that just shows the infinite wisdom of god i mean the whole concept of like a stockholm syndrome type thing oh I mean, yeah the, Slavery was an oppressive situation for them, but it was also what they knew in their comfort level, which has been mentioned before. Yeah, it was there was there was some security, in it. and this is new. I mean, this is firing off into the wilderness. They're on their own. I I especially love 
Um, I mean, there is humor in the Bible, too. I, I especially love the line, were there not enough graves in Egypt uh, that you yes. needed to drag us out into the wilderness Yeah, to die? was there not enough room to bury <laughs> us there that you're going to drag us out here to get buried? I mean, that's, that's yeah. some subtle humor that I actually, it, I almost laughed in the middle it, of you reading it. was a little sarcasm <laughs> from the... From the Israelites toward Moses, there and right? you can almost see God rolling his eyes when he hears that. It's like, <laughs> come on, I just, I pillar of smoke and fire leading you through the wilderness, and you don't think that maybe I have something in my back pocket to deal with these Egyptians coming down on you? <laughs> I like that you just brought up to the, the the pillars of cloud, the pillar of fire. Um, that's kind of where we start on, in this story today. That okay, we just went through these plagues. The Egyptians and the Israelites both have seen the power of God. And now that they're leaving their oppression, God gives them a clear and ever-present sign that he's 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 with them. Yeah, He's going to be leading them. So, yes, we just went through oppression, affliction, slavery. You've been through these plagues. You've seen all this happen. But now, just follow me. I'm here. And, you're, and it says, by day and by night, all the time. There's an ever-presence of whether it's the cloud or whether it's the fire. It's they, pretty cool. That, yeah, that they can see the the Lord, a, a manifestation of the Lord right there in front of them to lead them uh, on their journey. Uh, and then, again, speaking of the pillars, once, once Pharaoh and his army decide to pursue the Israelites and they get close, this pillar of fire moves from the front of the Israelites to lead them and it moves to the rear of the Israelites to separate them once again from the Egyptians to protect them. And, stand, and you know, it stands kind of like as a vanguard all throughout the night. Uh, until, until we're ready to depart from here, the Lord's going to stand between you and the Egyptians and keep you safe. That's a pretty, I, I don't remember that from like my first early, you know, Sunday school studies of Exodus that, yeah, I thought the pillar of, of fire and cloud was just to lead them. And I didn't, I didn't pick up on this that it moved behind them to stand guard. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, my interestingly enough, my memory of the pillar of fire was to guard them from the Egyptians. I mm. forgot about the fact that it was the leading beacon for them throughout the thing. So it's interesting that we. It's weird that we had different memories. Yeah, of I it. mean, I guess that shows that everybody, you know, we we take different things from scriptures. We read them. That's one of the great things about doing devotions like this is that we get to go through the scriptures again and i find that every time i read through mm -hmm. a bit of scripture i find something different or something i missed the first time around or a different perspective on something so yeah there you go that just goes to show you just two guys sitting here talking we <laughs> we had two two different uh memories of what those the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud kind of did for the israelites there so yeah we get to that point in the story they're protected, safe overnight. Now God comes to Moses again and, and tells him the next part of the plan here. And we get to the that big, awesome, cinematic scene that we can oh, all yeah. picture in our head of of the parting of the waters of the Red Sea to allow the, the Israelites to pass on dry land and then ultimately crush the forces of Pharaoh. Now one of the one of the many blockbuster moments in this story just the dividing of the Red Sea, and not only dividing of it, but making the ground dry for them to walk through. Yeah, they didn't have to walk through the mud and the muck. And I don't know if anybody's ever spent a lot of time swimming in cow ponds like I have, <laughs> um, but like uh, even there, like the like you sink down to like you know mid calf. I mean, and you have to imagine the Red Sea 
uh, even if it was like one of the narrower portions. I'm sure it got to be like 30, 40 feet deep, probably where they cross normally. And to have these, you know, monumental waves on either side of you and the ground just be dry for you to pull your animals through, your people, your carts uh, for, I mean, what, what were the estimates for how many uh, Israelites there were at the time? I, I, I know we were couple, getting... Uh, in the Close to the couple million, I think. Is it, it was either, like, it's somewhere between, like, 700,000 to above a million, I, yes, I recall. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere um, in that big, big range. That is not a small number of people, things, carts to animals. Move. Animals. And, yeah, the, all their possessions and, and everything as well. So, I mean, this entire time, like, Pharaoh can't get around and his armies. They can't get around this pillar of flame, uh, which, why he would even attempt to move forward after yeah he's already like seen that. he's already seen all the, the i mean there, there the, had to the be plagues, just a level that, of madness in them yeah, at this I mean, point how how crazy and almost bloodthirsty you think that the the pharaoh and his men are are you know they're uh, it's hard for me to understand i mean i guess a little bit is as it says in the scripture that they were oh wait what do we do we just let all of our servants and our slaves go or we need our workers back but is that enough to uh to risk going against this almighty God that you've, you've seen all these things had to be at play. Just vengeance and mankind's own sin leaking into their brain. Yes. And yes. just, uh, like I said, I mean, you know, a level of bloodthirst and madness had to be there to go up against the numerous wonders that they had seen at that point. But also, you know, we, we hear that, you know, his heart was hardened once again. And, and that this, this death and destruction of this Egyptian army... You know, it occurs, again, to show the Israelites that the Lord will protect them and, and lead them through all dangers. Well, and with the Egyptian army wiped out, the that's that would have probably been an ever-present concern in the back of their heads. Uh, what if the Egyptians come after us? Um, what if they decide that they want to come and take us back? But the Lord showed them those those people are no longer a threat to you. Yeah, they they stand no chance against me. Now uh, he set he stacked the deck in his favor, and he drew them into that trap. And boom, waves crash back, and his chosen people see the Egyptian army will not follow you. I will not let it follow you. I have destroyed it. I think this is a a really good opportunity here. I want to do a shout out to one of our faithful listeners. Uh, I hope I don't embarrass you, but uh, Miss Mary Camfield, thank you so much for your wonderful comments that you always make on our on the website regarding our podcast. And I thought one thing that you said that was very poignant and really stuck with me is about the the water that we see throughout the Bible um, and what it can do. And especially in this story at the Red Sea, we see the water by the hand of God washing away the danger washing away the old life, protecting the Israelites. And that reflects forward into into our Christian view of baptism and the washing away of our sin, the washing away of the old Adam that we have that exists in all of us through our, our natural sin, bringing us into the, the, the safety and comfort of God and, and into his family, into his kingdom. And I, I just really wanted to to kind of give that shout out to Mary because I really, I really liked what you said there. And, uh, I told you I was going to steal it and here I did. Here I did. <laughs> yeah. Mary had a very insightful comment on our, I believe it was our first episode. Yeah, it was talking about, uh, 
Moses in the yeah Nile. Moses Moses in the water of the Nile again. There's another story with and the, here we are again with the water, <laughs> seeing the, the the Lord using water, and then this one in a very I mean it's a pretty on the nose representation of washing away sin. Uh, I mean he he washed away the Egyptian threat. Yeah, and then baptism he washes away the threat of you know our sin and death and the devil. So now I mean the Israelites really have no true excuses to return. Uh, they've not I've, obviously the Lord is attempting to free them through all this going going through the exodus of his people, but he's also making sure at the same time through all of this hardening of Pharaoh's heart uh, that he's showing the people his power and that he's giving them no excuse to back out on his covenant with them. Yeah, he's kept them he's kept them safe and shown them his glory and power. Really going above and beyond. Yeah, really. I mean, we know that the Lord is almighty and all-powerful and that he could have just simply got into Pharaoh's heart and softened Pharaoh's heart and let the people go when they were on their merry way. Uh, but that would not have had the same, the same effect, the same, you know, pull on those people's hearts to... To show them that, yes, our our God is with us and he is mighty. He's mighty indeed, Brian. He certainly is. And I think with that, we draw a nice conclusion, nice little punctuation point on our conversation today. Uh, but we do want to remind you that during the Lenten season, we also have services on Wednesdays. And today being Wednesday, we will have a service today at 11 a.m. And then another one at 7 o'clock tonight. And Kevin. Don't forget, 5.45 prior to the 7 o'clock service, we've got dinner for everybody. I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of forgetting that. <laughs> I'll be there. Me too. We also have our regular service times on the weekends, Saturdays at 5. And uh, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. with an hour-long Bible study in between 9.15 to 10.15. And Sunday school for the kiddos. Yep, so please uh, come and join us for some food, fellowship, and dive deeper into the, the Word of God. And as always, we'd like to close with a word of prayer, so we ask that you please join us. Lord, thank you for bringing Brian and I together once again to discuss one of your holy books of the Bible. Uh, the story of Exodus, is it really is an exciting story, as well as a testament to your power and your protection for your chosen people. Today we saw magnificent signs, the pillars of smoke, fire, the parting of the Red Sea, the destruction of the Egyptian army. And it's honestly awe-inspiring to see the things that you have done and can do in our lives. We just ask that you watch over us and that uh, you remind us daily of our baptisms, the way Brian and I were reminded through our listener Mary's words and through the powerful works you've done with water throughout this story. And Lord, if you can just forgive us our sins and let us remember that your son gave his sacrifice on the cross to protect us from sin and give us salvation. Lord, we ask this all unto your name. Amen. Amen. And just a reminder, all scripture readings and references do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you. God bless.